Can we just can we stand to our feet all across the place this morning and just give God a hand clap of praise? You know, you couldn't you might not have woken up this morning, but you did. Amen. Can we just give him some praise for that for just a few moments right here? Thank you. Can you thank him right now for just a few moments right here? I want us to thank him from the bottom of our hearts for everything that he has done. We return to give you thanks right now. We offer unto you thanksgiving, God. We offer unto you sacrifices of thanksgiving, God. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your long-suffering. We thank you for keeping us In the palm of your hand, we thank you for never losing sight of us. You are the God that is continually beside us. You are continually with us, Lord, and we thank you so very much. We thank you so very much for your presence and for the power of the Holy Ghost that we feel today. Hallelujah. One more time, can you give him thanksgiving and can you give him praise right now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's wonderful to be with you again this Sunday morning. I believe that there are excellent things in store. I believe that God is still a healing God. If he healed back then, we're in the same church that he healed back then. Amen. And so I believe that healing is here. Now, you all are here Sunday morning. Can you just agree with me that there is healing that is going to sweep and blossom in this house this morning. Can we just believe that together? Can we just believe that together right now? God, I believe, I believe that your healing is going to manifest within this house this morning. I believe it because you spoke it in Jesus' name. I think it is interesting this morning whenever I pray, I was led into something. We pray through the tabernacle and and try to get through it as much as we can. But in praying through the tabernacle, we uh, there's one point that I ask God to cleanse my hands, to cleanse my feet, to cleanse my heart, to cleanse my mind, uh, to let to, to just be cleansed to the innermost part of who I am. Everything that I might have saw, everything that I might have walked through, whatever that I've gone through. I asked the Lord to cleanse me. And the purpose of that was for this, that after you were cleansed and you put aside the filthy garments, 
then you would put up on you the garment of the priest and you would walk into the holiest of holies. You would walk into the holy place, excuse me, and then that one priest would go further at one time of the year into the holiest of holies. But he had to take off of him the things that were wrong, the bloody garments, everything like that. So this morning I said, God, I take off all of my doubts. I take off all of my fears. I take off all of my unbeliefs. I take off my failures and my mistakes. I take off all of that. And with great gratitude and great reverence do I put upon me the garment of a priest, the authority to walk in. Folks, we have the ability this morning to walk in the authority of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We have the authority to begin to speak forth his healing and his virtue to flow. Anybody want to do that this morning? It's in you and you have the ability to speak that forth. Amen. Can we shout to the Lord one more time? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, I just feel like speaking faith at this moment. You don't know what can happen when your faith is released. I am consistently surprised by God. And I am, I am consistently not surprised by God. Sometimes he catches me unaware and I go, oh wow, that was beautiful. And then many times I go, well, you're God. That should have happened. You're God. That's got to happen. Amen. And so I am consistently surprised and not surprised by God because he is able to do everything that he spoke into existence. If you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to the book of Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 1 through 4. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1 through 4. Reading this and in going into this, uh, in the last couple of weeks I have felt a direction or could I say that I struggled to find direction? And in struggling to find direction, I found direction. Isn't that amazing how God works? But within this, the last week, I begin to have feelings. I, I have no direction. I have no focus. Uh, it just felt I'm praying, I'm trying to move along in, 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 in a direction, but I just didn't feel any direction. I, didn't, I couldn't see, I could not reason together anything that would make sense. And so I felt that the Lord would have something for us to hear this morning and to begin to obey. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1 through 4 says, I will stand upon my watch. This is Habakkuk responding to God or speaking to God and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Habakkuk is getting ready to respond unto God. And then the voice of the Lord answers him. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain up on tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry. Wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. 
but the just shall live by his faith. What faith does he live by? By believing in the vision that was spoken in the preceding verse. He's saying there are others that they lift up their soul into what they understand. They lift up and that is not upright within them. That's not the right thing to do. But the just shall live by his faith. So the Lord says, write the vision and make it plain upon tablets. I love this part because I'm an idiot sometimes. I didn't get one laugh out of that. Y'all don't know me yet then. I get it. That's all right. If my wife was here, she would say, Amen. Yea, Lord, you doth speak right now. But sometimes, I don't know if you're the same way, I have a hard time hearing God. I have a hard time understanding everything about God. And so when the Lord would make it plain, that does me good. I like things that are plain and not hard to understand, that are not complicated to decipher. And so he says, Write the vision and make it plain upon tablets, and the just shall live by faith. I want to pre- teach to you this morning from this topic, I'm finding my path. I'm finding my path. And at the beginning of this year, uh, it is very essential that we don't just stumble our way through another year, but that we, uh, in my life, I've got a plan put together. Amen? I've got a focus that is put together. I've got intentional things that I am doing within my life so that I can receive what God wants me to receive. Amen? Can we just close our eyes for just a few moments and ask the Lord to bless this in Jesus' name? Lord God, we come before you. We ask that you would bless this. We ask that you would anoint this in your name and by your hand, that you would indeed stir up within us a moving of your spirit that you would indeed empower us with knowledge and wisdom and confidence within your word. God, let there be a confidence and let there be a purposeful attitude that encapsulates every one of us, that that moves around each one of us, that grabs us and does not let us go. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and everybody shout amen. You can be seated in Jesus' name. I came across a quote that Woodrow Wilson spoke in 1907. I want you to keep that year in the forefront of your mind for this quote. 1907. Not 2020, but 1907, over a hundred years ago. Woodrow Wilson, the president, wrote, We live in an age... Disturbed, confused, bewildered, afraid of its own forces. In search, not merely of its road, but even of its direction. There are many voices of counsel, but few voices of of vision. There are many voices of counsel, but few voices of vision. 
There is much excitement and fervish activity, but little concert of thoughtful purposes. We are distressed, we are distressed by our ungoverned, undirected energies and do many things, but nothing long. It is our duty to find ourselves. In 1907, Woodrow Wilson wrote this. I am more convinced at this point that the issues that mankind deal with are not any different today than they were back then. We are still needing a clear directive, a clear purpose. We are still needing direction within our lives on an everyday purpose or in an everyday manner, amen? And so, with this, two years ago, I came across a word that would change my life forevermore. And I want to share that word with you this morning. If you've got your pen, if you've got your phone, this is the only time permissible to have your phone out and looking at it right now. Uh, If you're taking notes, I take notes on my phone. My pastor probably thinks I'm texting, but I'm actually taking notes. It's where I find everything quickly, but... I want you to remember this one word that is essential in starting out uh, uh, the beginning, a new beginning in life. And that one word is this. It is intentionality. Intentionality. I want you to just speak it to your neighbor right now. Intentionality. To be intentional. Now this word in my spirit and in my character. I am a very spontaneous person. I like to fly by the seat of my pants. I like to see what will happen, if you will, a little bit. Uh, I'm also, I'm split right down the middle because I also am a direct proponent of having a plan. But uh, there are two parts within us or within me that I struggle with. But that intentionality many times spiritually, I would just see whatever would happen would happen. Has anybody ever done that? Well, let's see, and it's not just a statement of faith, but it's really a, I don't know what's going to take place, but let's just see what God will do. Let's just see. Well, that I, I understand that, but there is, uh, from the beginning of time, there has always been a plan, if you will. There's always been a plan. And so when God started out, he had a plan. Michael de Montenegro, or however you say it, he said, no wind favors him who has no destined port. And so there is an essentiality within our lives that we would lead our lives with a direction. Amen? And that, that quote comes very strongly and very purposefully. Uh, and, and it impacts my heart. No wind favors him who has no destined port. In other words, if I don't have a direction, I'm not gonna be able to find, I'm not gonna be able to find the strength in order to get to where I want to go. Amen. If I don't have a direction, if I don't have an intended destination, then that means that whatever wind comes along, 
I will be blown in that direction. I'm not trimming my sails to catch that specific wind. I'm not blocking out. I'm not turning my ship to where I would find that wind and allow that wind to carry me to where I want to go. But if I don't have a destiny or if I don't have a direction, then I am simply tossed to and fro in the sea wherever the wind might take me or whatever the direction of the current. I am completely and utterly without purpose and without direction. Amen? And so with this, I begin to find out and I begin to feel certain things that I want to go into this morning if you will allow me. As I was sitting there, I said, God, I do not feel anything. Where do we go? What do I do? What do I say? Oh, God, I'm sitting here trying to find it. I'm trying to look through books. I'm trying to find wisdom in some way, but I I feel like I'm just floating along. Amen? And the Lord began to speak this to me and, and, and put it within me. Because in many of our lives, that's exactly what we do. And if we were all honest with ourselves, we would say most of the time, I'm just floating along. Would anybody be so bold this morning to join in with me and say, I have floated along before in my life? Anybody? I didn't didn't come to church with a purpose. I didn't come to church with anything in my mind or, or any set belief or any set vision, but I just came to church and that's what I did. Anybody raise your hand? Amen. And so there is, uh, we understand that, that that happens many times. And so I felt the Lord begin to say, what is your plan? Do you have a plan? Do you have a purpose? What is your purpose? What is your plan? Where are you going? What are you doing? Amen. And so in this, we begin, I begin to go through certain things, and you begin to see that uh, in order to succeed, you have to have a plan. Uh, when you're working out, you have a plan. And I'm just going to go through this for just a few moments this morning. Does anybody in here work out? Raise your hand if you work out. Raise your hand up high if you work out. Did you raise your hand? I thought you, I thought you raised your hand a little bit. No? Okay. Whenever you work out, my, my wife has begun to work out because uh, of some, uh, some of her health deals that's going on. And so what I've learned about working out is this. You don't just go to the gym and start picking up weights. That's not, what, that's not how you do it. That's a good way to get hurt. But in working out, I found out that there's a lot of things that go into this. If you really want to get to an intended look or to an intended shape or you want to uh, come to a certain uh, 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 health benefit, it has to come with intentionality and with great intentionality. Uh, Not just simple, uh, I'm going to walk into this. You've got to plan out every part of your workout. I'm going to do 10 reps here. I'm going to do 20 reps there. I'm going to do five reps here. I'm going to take a break for two minutes, and then I'm going to go back into this. Well, that doesn't sound that bad, right? Any of us have gone to a a weight class, and we go through 10 reps. How many of you, 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 10 reps of this and 10 reps of that? But it's not just with that. 
diet also comes in with working out. And so then here's where the problem comes, all right? Because the diet part of it is so intentional. You can't go to a restaurant just willy-nilly. You can't go to a restaurant and just sit down and be hungry and say, my God, what are we going to eat today? You know what you're going to do? You're going to eat three pieces of fried chicken, two servings of mashed potatoes, three uh, uh, three co- cobs of corn, uh, a few green beans before you really, oh, my Lord, all of this stuff is not on my diet. Anybody ever done that before? Anybody ever done that? I, I, I'm telling you, I, start, I sat down. Uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas were horrible because I was on a diet before I got to Thanksgiving, and then Thanksgiving I said, forget it. I'm out. I'm done, okay? And so all of this intentionality, you gotta, you got to be thinking about what you're going to eat before you sit down in the booth. you got to be thinking about what you're going to drink before you sit down in the booth. you got to sit there and say, if we go out to eat today, this is what I'm going to get. I'm going to get a, pill, a piece of grilled chicken. I'm going to get some uh, 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 a serving of green beans. This is what I'm going to do for the purpose of, of trying to achieve the goal that you set before. Amen? It does not happen without great intentionality, okay? I've never seen anybody reach a goal without having that intentionality. You go down through, you look and losing weight, you have to have what? You've got to have a plan. In order to build an expansion, I've never known anybody to build a building or to build an expansion without having what? In fact, you can't even start without having a plan. Amen? And so I will ask you this morning, what is your plan to be prayerful this year? Is this all right this morning? I know it's a little different. I understand that. But it's essential. What is your plan to be prayerful this year? What is your plan to be devoted? What is your plan for self-denial, for fasting? What is your plan for worship? What is your plan for discipleship? All of these things begin to well up in my heart as the Lord would begin to speak them to me. What is your plan for worship? Do you plan to worship? I plan to worship. I say, I'm going to come in, and I don't care if it's dead, and nobody else gets with me. I'm going to lift up my hands. I'm going to open up my mouth. I'm going to praise God at the top of my lungs, and I don't care if anybody thinks that I'm crazy. I'm going to walk. I'm going to move. I'm going to get out of my seat, folks. I think about it. I envision it before I ever get into the house of God. I see myself jumping and worshiping God. I see myself moving up into prayer. I see it before I ever get to it. You want to know why it happens when we get here? Because we've seen it before we showed up. And if you'll start seeing things before you show up, 
you, you will begin to see the grace and the mercy of God literally begin to explode within your life. You will begin to see power like you have never known and never seen before. Somebody shout amen. Do you have a vision? Do you have a plan for prayer? See, God has always been a stickler for a plan. All the time, God used plans. He would, God is a plan God. God is a preparation God, if you will. God is from the beginning, and I want to walk you through this this morning. If you can help me out just a little bit, brother, up here on the monitors. God is a plan God, a preparation God. When you look at Noah and the ark, what do you see? Amen? Help me out this morning. A plan. What did Noah do? He built off of a plan that God gave to him. Am I right? God purposely spoke to him and left nothing for error. He said, make it this long, make it this wide, make it this tall. He said, I want you to pitch it within and without with pitch. I want you to, I want you to build it exactly like this. Moses, when he was facing Pharaoh, God went to Moses with a plan, did he not? This is what you're going to do. You're going to walk in and you're going to say this. He's going to do that. I'm going to harden his heart for the purpose of letting my people go. Now, if Moses would have gone in and done a different plan, it would not have had the same outcome. But Moses walked in in the plan that God had set forth and spoken before. Moses and the tabernacle. He gets out into the wilderness, and what does God do? God gives to Moses a plan for the tabernacle. Amen? He tells him exactly how to make it, down to the colors that are on the uh, that are on the tapestries, the dimensions that go on, the materials that the altars to be made of, that the that the lavers to be made of, the gold that was to be on the ark of the covenant, uh, the, the 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 way that it was supposed to be done. There was an intricate plan. Joshua and Jericho. God gives Joshua. A plan. Walk around these walls. Walk around these walls and on the seventh day shout. David and the temple. God gives David a plan carried out in Solomon's life. And then you come to the point where we come to the Christ. The lamb slain from the foundations of the world. From the very foundations of the world. God was working on a plan. He was working on an outcome. And we think today that we can get by with just getting along and not having a plan for, for advancement, not having a plan for our personal lives to grow. Folks, God is a plan God. Amen? God is a God that relishes within a good plan. Amen? I, he, he's like one of the, I've, I've heard that a quote, I can't remember where it's from, but he says, I love it when a plan comes together. God loves it 
when a plan comes together. God loves it when somebody obeys his voice and begins to do what he has said to do. Amen? Uh, 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 God is a plan God. He, in, in Isaiah, he spoke it in Isaiah. He said, for unto you a son is given, uh, or unto you a child is born, unto you a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, uh, and his name shall be called what? Wonderful, come on. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, amen? What was he talking about? The birth of Jesus Christ. What he was doing is he was saying, listen, I've got a plan. The from the, When I formed the foundations of the world, I had a plan for Jesus. When, I, when the foundations of the world were created, when I hovered over the face of the water, I had a plan. The reason why I made the trees and I made the animals and the birds and the seeds is because because I had a plan that I had to carry out. Amen? I had a plan that I had to enact and go and move into motion. And so when you look at this, it is not outside of the realm of God's request to say, I want you to have a plan. And I want you to move into it with intentionality. He said, uh, uh, every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. That's the verse that precedes the verse that we just quoted. Every battle of the warrior is filled with confusion and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be. Unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. What was he saying? I don't care what happens, I'm going through with my plan. I don't care what garment, I don't care how much blood has to be spilled on the streets, I'm going through with my plan. I don't care how much confusion and noise take part in the, in the, in the bringing to pass of it. There shall be a promise that is born. Why? Because it's within my plan. I feel like today in our minds we need to get a plan together. We need to just stop moving and living spontaneously. We need to stop living in a floating manner and say, God, I am purposing right now in my heart and in my mind that I am praying this amount of time a day at this time of the day. I'm going to fast this many times a week. I'm going to read my Bible and I'm not going to let anything come in between what I have what I have set forth uh, and the fulfillment thereof. Amen. Now I know I got a little intense there. I hope y'all forgive me, but I'm not going to let work get in, in in between it. Don't get quiet. I'm not going to let work get in between it. I'm not going to let life get in between it. I'm not going to let chores and duties. Get in between it. I'm not going to let busyness get in between it. You know, the only difference, I found this out earlier, the only difference between business and busyness is just an I and a Y. I said, my God, there's something to that. If you're, gonna, if you're, if you're running a business, you're going to be busy. Amen? We can't let our busyness of our lives get in the way. Well, how do we do that? 
with intentionality. You know what they said about how people would have a plan? I feel the Holy Ghost now, folks. I'm feeling inspired. That's dangerous. I might go five minutes over. Uh, They said that uh, men that have been champions within our world, men that have been CEOs, very successful, you know what they said? They said, every night before I went to bed, I said, just do it now. Just do it now. Every night before I went to bed, they said I would say, just do it now 50 times. Now that's a little crazy, isn't it? No, that's being intentional. That's not allowing something to get in the way. So every night before he went to bed, he would, say, he would remind himself, just do it now. Just do it now. Just do it now. Just do it now. What was he doing? He was reminding himself to be intentional and to be on purpose. Just do it now. Just do it now. Just do it now. Every morning when he woke up, he would do the same thing. When he rolled out of bed, he didn't reach for a cell phone. He didn't reach for anything else. He got up on his feet and he said, just do it now. Just do it now. Just do it now. Just do it now. You all ever heard of Michael Phelps? The Olympic swimmer? You all ever heard of him? The one that won so many gold medals, he's going to go down forever in the history books? His coach said, Michael, this is what you've got to do. You want to be a winner? This is what you've got to do. He said, every night before you go to bed, I want you to envision you swimming the Olympic, the, your Olympic races. I want you to go to bed, and for 12 minutes at night, I want you to begin to envision yourself on the starting block, getting ready. I want you to see yourself from beginning to end. Folks, hear me right now. I want you to catch this. He said, I don't want you to just, he said, I want you to get there. I want you to climb up on the starting block. I want you to put your goggles over your eyes. I want you to get set in the perfect position. Wherever you're at, I want you to get ready. And then I want you, and I want you to hear the gunshot go off in your mind and see it happen in your mind. I want you to jump into the water. You're going to swim. I want you to feel the rush of the water go through your hands. I want you to feel your heart rate begin to rise. I want you to feel every bit of that every night. I want you to see yourself flip around at the end. I want you to see yourself touch the finish line and climb out of the water. Every night, I want you to see yourself winning over those others that are competing against you. So every night, Michael Phelps would go to bed and intentionally he would begin to envision himself winning his race. And every morning when he woke up, he would do the same thing before he ever got out of bed. He would start envisioning himself winning his race for 12 minutes at a time. Folks, those are, that's how winners are born. That's how champions are crowned uh, is by becoming intentional. I wonder if we could roll out of our beds uh, and say, I see myself uh, becoming a man of God. Uh, I'm not talking, you don't have to be a preacher, but becoming a man of God, men, raise your hands that we could begin to envision in our minds uh, becoming a man of God, of prayer, and of dedication, devotion, and worship uh, like we have never been before. I wonder if we could go to bed 
bed at night and say, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to wake up as a man of God. I'm going to wake up with a fervency within my spirit. I'm going to wake up with a desire within my heart, ladies. Raise your hands, ladies. Can we, can we begin to get intentional in the church? When I go to the restaurant tomorrow, I'm going to ask that person if they have a church. When I go to work tomorrow, I'm going to intentionally, on purpose, try to reach to one person to say, man, I feel good today. Church was amazing on Sunday. That doesn't happen on accident. I've never accidentally witnessed and I've never accidentally prayed and I've never accidentally fasted. Ever. Ever. It has always been on purpose write it plain make the vision plain figure it out well that leaves no room for the moving of the spirit oh yes it does well that leaves no room for spontaneous moves of God oh yes it does he can interrupt your plans whenever you want to but you got to have a plan to interrupt in the first place amen well I just move off the where the spirit moves me you don't have a destined port and no wind favors him that, that, that doesn't have a designated port. You've got to have a plan in order for him to interrupt a plan. Amen? Now, are you with me this morning? It's time, folks. The Lord's begin to stir in my heart right now. He's stirring within my soul. He's stirring within my spirit. We've got to become intentional. We cannot allow just accidental moves of God. But we've got to become intentional in every move of God. It's not going to be, well, God just showed up and wow, wasn't that great? No, it should be that, yeah, 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 he showed up. We had prayer going forth to that service. I personally spent six hours this week in prayer for that service. Yes, he should show up. Yes, he ought to show up. He's got an environment of prayer and an environment of openness already ready, folks. We can move under unprecedented moves of God all with a simple word of intentionality. I mean to see the healings of God. I mean to see the mercy of God. I desire to see the grace of God. I desire to see those filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm believing. I'm singing all for that purpose that we might see the miraculous begin to take shape. Oh, mighty God. Can we just close our eyes for a few moments this morning? In fact, I am going to take five more minutes. I'm not going to finish the thoughts that the Lord has given me. What I do want you to do is I want you to pull out your cell phones or a piece of paper. 
right now. Everybody in this place. I felt this in the Holy Ghost in prayer. I want you to pull your cell phones out, get to your note page, get to a place where you can write something down. And I will not preach for the next five minutes. I will not teach for the next five minutes. But what we're all going to do is begin to write down a plan for success. What is your plan for prayerfulness? What is your plan for consecration? What is your plan? I want you to write down right now prayer. And I want you to begin to develop a plan. You know your life better than anybody else knows their life. You know yourself better than anybody else knows knows you. I want you to begin to write down a plan. Prayer. What's my plan? Devotion and self-denial. Self-denial. This church fasted for three days one week and four days the next. Did you have a great service last Sunday? Huh? It didn't happen on accident. Would somebody open up your heart right now and feel what God is trying to transfer to us? I want you to just feel what God's trying to transfer right now. Hold on just a second. I want you to just hold on making notes. But I want you to feel what God's trying to do. That move of God did not happen on accident. There was a very purposeful and intentional thing that began to go forth. I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you to say, God, put a burden upon my soul. God, put a burden within my heart right now. Come on. I want you to pray it out loud. If you don't mind, pray it with me this morning. But I want you to pray it out loud and say, God, put a burden in my heart. God, put a plan in my mind. God, give me what I need in order to move into the miraculous. God, it didn't happen accidental. It happened because there was sacrifice. Oh, God, give me a plan for sacrifice. Oh, God, give me a plan for sacrifice. Give me a plan to go deeper. Give me a plan to be better. Oh, God, let it roll into my heart. Let it move into my spirit, oh God. Can we lift up our voices one more time and just say that out loud? Oh God, give me a plan for your move. Give me a plan for your sacrifice, oh God. Give me a plan that we might see things that we've never seen before. That we might do things we've never done before, oh God. Give us a plan. Let us have a purpose. Let us have a direction, God. Let us have, let us have a focus, God. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Psalm 32 said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Oh, God, I pray that you would guide us, that you would anoint our footsteps, that we would walk in the right way right now, oh, God, that we would walk in the right way and in the right path. In the name of Jesus. Prayer, write your plan. We've got two minutes. 
self-denial, fasting, write your plan. I don't stick to it all the time. My plans get broken up. But I have a plan to fast either two times every two weeks, two days every two weeks, or one day a week. That's my plan. doesn't have to be your plan. Not at all. Your plan could just simply be one week, one day out of the month without fail. I'm going to fast. One week out of the month, I'm just going to lay my phone down. I'm going to lay social media aside. I'm going to lay everything, all entertainment aside. One week out of a month, two days out of a month, whatever that it is, get a plan right now, right now, right now for self-denial. If we are followers of Christ, we deny what? Ourselves. Take up his cross and follow after him. So right now, prayer, this is my plan. Fasting, this is my plan. Worship, we're going to leave worship till the end. Discipleship, that's me reaching people. That's me bringing people into my home, fellowshipping with them, leading them to God. What's your plan? Write it down quickly. It doesn't have to be elaborate. Just put something down on that piece of paper. Put something down in that note of your phone. In Jesus' name. Is this all right this morning? Is it all right? I'm not getting a very big amen. Stand to your feet. There's something called the law of diminishing intent. It's actually a law. The law of diminishing intent. The longer you wait to do something, you should do now. The greater the odds, you will never actually do it. We've got to do it. When? Now. You've got your plan. It might be rude. It might be rudimentary. It might might be rough. But prayer, this is my plan. Fasting, this is my plan. Discipleship, this is my plan. And can we, for the last few moments, raise your hands and get a vision of worship within our minds? This is how I'm going to worship you. This is how I'm going to praise you right now. This is my plan. I want you to see yourself. We're getting ready to go into the main service where we're going to go into worship. I want you to see yourself the way you want to worship, the way he deserves to be worshiped. As David would worship him. I want you to see yourselves right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray right now that you would seal this word within our minds and you would seal this word within our hearts that we would not be able to pray ourselves out of it. We would not be able to distract ourselves out of it or busy ourselves out of it but that it would consistently be in the forefront of our minds. In the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody shout amen.
Thank you all so much this morning. We're going to have an awesome Sunday morning. Amen. This is for the purpose of seeing things we've never seen before. Amen. Who wants to do that? Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you so much.